Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the same people from the intro. I am your host, Game Goblin, along with... Catherine the Lord Dragon. And... Doth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side, and thank God for dental insurance. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, no shit, dude. Dental and insurance is a Thank God that the entertainment industry is entertaining us in ways that we did not expect recently. <laughs> you know, I, I love these actors who are putting out videos to try to inspire us, and we're like, uh, your job literally is to get paid to convince us that you are feeling emotions you are currently not feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, most We're of all in the same boat. Mine's just a fucking hundred-foot yacht. I take responsibility while reading a script, but I look sincere. You know, the worst part of their acting was terrible in reading the script. You could see their eyes moving, they were staring at the camera. It was not believable. Oh, the memes were just... They, they still are great, and... Uh, a good conversation came up between our Talsorian games and some of the people because as much as I love them for doing Cyberpunk 2020 and I, I you know, Mike Pondsmith is a fucking bard in his own right, uh, they decided to virtue signal and some of their guys called him out for it and thankfully both sides have agreed to disagree with civility, which is rare on Twitter. But they were like, hey, you got your opinion, I've got mine, you know, they were being uh, diplomatic about it. But the fact is, Artel Saurian has jumped into the swimming pool of virtue signaling, and that's kind of annoying. A bit. Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. Uh, uh, A game company really shouldn't have to do that. Nobody should have to fucking signal that, hey... Please don't burn down our company. We support you or whatever. They're they're a fucking company. If you don't like their products, don't buy them. It's that simple. I know I may sound like a shill, but thank God for Nintendo who are just like, we make games. Go away. Now, yes, uh, Nintendo USA is virtue signaling because, well, their offices are in some of those cities that are rioting. But Nintendo itself, Japanese Nintendo, they're like, hi, we make games. Leave us alone. Exactly. I think there was only one time they said something in recent years, and it was just like a moment of silence, and then they moved on. Yep. That was it. And locally here, and if I go into rant mode, you guys can feel free to stop me, but I'm pretty fucking entertained right now by Wizards of the Coast. Oh my god. It just... God. Fuck. Christ. Damn it. Cox. Fucking Canadians. What the hell did I do, eh? Hey, you're French-Canadian. You're always doing something. Uh, but no. <laughs> the worst kind of Canadian. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's there's two levels of Canadians. There's Actually, there's three levels of Canadians. There's, you know, Hong Canadians. <laughs> That's Vancouver. You know, they, they just take over the, the local area through real estate purchases. Some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are not. You know, it's, it's a hit or miss. Then you got... One step down, you got Canadians. English Canadians. English Canadians. You know, strange brew Canadians, eh? <laughs> who, you know, who make really 
weird fucking movies. But I actually I saw Strange Brew the other day. It's fucking hilarious. But the worst is French Canadians. Yeah, bottom of the barrel. Yeah, Jacques Laflamme. Fuck that guy. Fuck him in the neck with a hockey stick. Made a Brillo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's enough bashing Canada. He's gonna cry. But no, the the problem comes from the fact of Wizards of the Coast decided to ban a whole bunch of cards that haven't been in print for over 20 years. Yeah, I was looking at the card list and it came up. And here's what I want to know, right? Like some of them make a little bit of sense in their own rights, but... Invoke Prejudice. Invoke sure. Prejudice. Okay. No one uses those cards though, even in EDH, an eternal format. Those cards are so bad. No one uses them. Why am I going to pay for, what is it, an almost eight-drop blue enchantment? Uh, well, they, they also got rid of Jihad. And I actually remember playing this card, but it hit me, you know, as I was like, when I played this card in my deck, I was... The World Trade Centers had not collapsed yet. That was 2001. I was playing these cards like five, six years before that. You know, um... And fucking, they, they banned Stone Throwing Devils, and this one uh, really gets me in more I still don't way. get that one. Why Stone Throwing Devils? How, it, how it, is, it's not Spear Chuckers. Uh, I believe it's because Stone Throwing Devils, uh, in some weird way, they're equivalenting to Rioters Throwing Rocks, maybe, but if anything... Are it, we going to get rid of uh, Goblin Sharpshooter, too? The only cards that need to have... Uh, well, yeah, Stone Throwing Devils just gets me because I'm not. I'm like, I don't see how it's fucking racist in any way. And secondly, I've never seen anybody put that card in a deck unless they have no other choice. Like, like most, not even Devil uh, Devil Tribal does it. Maybe, maybe. Okay, just 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 on a lark here. Maybe they're getting rid of Stone Throwing Devils because it's insensitive to the feelings of demons. Right. Anybody who studied anything about demonology, and I, I had that phase, knows that one creature you do not piss off is a demon. You, you don't even get their attention. You don't even say hello or good morning. You just, they're there, you leave them alone. You, you know what? By. Fuck them. Fuck demons. They're not even better than devils. They're not even better than poltergeists. Fuck demons. I'm just saying, Demonology 101, you don't piss off a demon. Maybe that's why they got rid of the stone-throwing devil's cards, is maybe there's a demon out there Getting who salty. finds it a, who, who's a little salty about that card. <laughs> you know, and somebody's drawing pentagrams and shit back at Watsy headquarters, and they're like, whoa, we got a demon that's really pissed. He's sending us hate oh mail. Oh my god, this reminds me of a story of when I first got into magic. I go to Walmart with uh, a friend of ours, we'll name him uh, Lucifer, right? You, you should remember him, little guy, uh, Hispanic. Uh, we go and buy my first... It's funny, it's going to lead into your thing later, but Fat Pack. Right? You got nine cards, 40 lands, a dice, and the box. And a list of all the cards in the set. Well, this was... Uh, what? I think this was like Magic 2014, the core set. And we're in the checkout line at the Walmart, and the lady's like, Oh, you got to be careful on that. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, demons be summoned with these magical cards. And I just look at her. I look at Lucifer. I look at her. I look at Lucifer. I'm like, well, be careful. <laughs> and how, and how I, paid for my shit and walked. If she saw so many demons, you think she would, like, chronicle this with a video camera? This, this would be really important shit. 
Well, you know, everything would be okay if you just used a dream catcher. Oh, that's right. A dream catcher. And a couple of crystals that cleanse the air. And you gotta... And the, you, you know, gotta you rotate gotta... the... It's got to be rotated counterclockwise three times to uh, cleanse the bees of the weefies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only Canadians I ever respected, for the most part, were LRR. I don't do that anymore because when it came to the whole social justice question, when they were being accused of it, I felt they handled it badly, and I was like, eh, I'm still subscribed to them. I just don't watch anymore because... They also became um, Wizards of the Coast shills, so I mean they got to do the pre-pre-release, they haven't done one in a while as far as I know, but a lot of their other programming, like their D&D stuff, they're literally doing one where they work at a fucking coffee house in Waterdeep or some shit. There's, uh, the problem I'm seeing with all of this, uh, in recent years anyway especially, is there's no end to how much you can try to police yourself to satisfy the audience as a whole. I mean, yeah, sure, they got rid of these cards. The downside is... But they uh, left reparations. Well, the down... Yeah, do they owe me money now for um, having tribal decks uh, since I lived on a reservation? I don't know. Anyway... The, the, the big problem I see with this is they're retconning a bunch of cards and they're 20 years too late easily on saying, oh, we printed these cards, we're sorry. These cards that have been taken out of rotation have not been in print for 20 to 25 years. It's a bit late. I, I know late what they're and doing. A, short. A, a day late and a dollar short. And secondly, they're going to, they say, oh, we're going to do better, we're going to be better in the future. Well, what about, okay, and we're going to get the fat packs in a moment. But what about other kin? Okay? Are these cards also insensitive to other kin where you have, like, half-human, half-bull people? I mean, are other kin, people who identify with being half-cow, going to be offended over Minotaur cards now? Okay, I will go on the record as saying... Do we does have it really count, though? It's, fu- it's a, it's a made-up card game! Why the fuck does it matter for a made-up card game... We're literally, I can say I summon fucking dragons from the nether realm and fucking zombies. What the fuck does it matter? You can make any deck. They literally, I'm more pissed off that they're still doing the secret layer bullshit where you're paying fucking umpteen dollars for an alternate art of a card. Okay, where they're asking you to pay 60 fucking dollars for five cards. Hey, you might get a thing of sleeves for your fucking arena thing, and ooh, look, you also get these copies of these cards in arena. Cool, that does me no good when those cards aren't in standard or any of the other sets. Okay, he beat me to that punch. How the <laughs> fuck? How, like, yeah, it's cool to see a couple of card arts that look like tattoos, or different versions of Lightning Bolt, but I'm not paying 60 fucking dollars for four fucking Lightning Bolts. They would have to be original. Fucking alpha lightning bolts for me to give that much of a shit um well this also brings us how how soon is it going to be until we get to uh black lotus matters oh dear god or is that card going to be taken out of rotation too since uh it's racist to tear a card up that has the word black on it well hold on hold on um now they're going to change it to lotus of color and um (laughs) and and since you're okay let me get the pat packs here because it's still in my mind that i gotta get this out right Oh, you're you're a hefty boy. You're you're a bit on the uh, plushy side, let's say. <laughs> okay, I'm well on my way to ah uh, hell nah on the fluffy scale. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you're working way. 
You're almost to uh, Iglesias levels of hell no. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I'm at three digits and the first one starts with a three, it's bad. So Corona Chan got me hard. I, I'm also waiting for... Me got and, you and soft. You're, you're, you're fairly comfortable with your body, though. You don't get offended by the fact that I say, hey, you're, you're plus size. You're big. You're hefty. You're fat. Man, you're just jealous of my big old man titties. You do have huge man titties. <laughs> Luscious, hairy, nippled man titties. Yeah. I've seen them many times, and I have vomited many times. I'm just saying. <laughs> they're big and luscious. I got three ways of clearing a room and taking my shirt off is one of them. He's got them big Latina milkers. <laughs> Latino milkers. Kazar milk. Whatever now, the fuck. To be fair, in all honesty, I'm not that big. No, you're not. But it's it's how we joke about it because it's funny. But I'm waiting for somebody to stop laughing about the joking and start accusing the packaging and marketing of fat packs to be fat shaming. That's why I think that's one of the reasons why they changed them to... Uh, bundles. I just looked it up. The 2021 uh, boxes are still marked fat packs. Interesting, because every set in the last like two years has been a bundle because they changed it. So now you get 10 packs, half as many land, a little box on the inside, and the dice you get is oversized. I'm, I'm, oh, and no books saying all the cards in the set. Ah, uh, yes, because we can't have books. No, no. <laughs> Books not are... under our new leftist overlords. Not under our new overlords. Cannot have the books. Once yes, in the free area, you need your papers. Yeah, that, that's from the Seattle discussion earlier, having papers. But anyway, the, the point of the fact is, is they're now banning cards that are 20 or will not banning no they're fully banned oh yeah they're fully banned they're even putting up uh things on the card list on the website like this card has been removed for uh reasons of racism blah 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 the card doesn't even exist all the, the rulings on it everything any mention of it has been removed yeah they basically just try to scrub it from history like they've never printed it even though i have some of these in my private collection from when i was playing 20 years ago just i've never pulled them out of the box because they're useless fucking cards I get more use out of the fucking didgeridoos, and I have that in four languages. So, on that, right, like, when are we going to, like, and Moniker actually sent me a meme about this, and it was really funny. Uh, the magic cards themselves have the color wheel on the back, and the color wheel is a really ingenious invention to show on the card the different effects of the cards. So, the way the color wheel is set up, say you're playing blue. Hey, look, we've got a couple of cards right here. And across from blue will be red and I believe green. Yes. And red, and th these are oppositional colors to each other, so... They work a bit, but they don't work. They don't bit. really work well together, but if I'm playing blue, which is right next to um, white or right black. next to black, they work really well together. So there's, there's this kind Wait, of like... are you saying there's a thin blue line between the two? Yeah, there is definitely a thin blue line on a magic card between white and black. So we have the color wheel on the back, and it's kind of like when you first start playing, and this was uh, shown to me, fuck, back in like 1997, they're like, oh, look at the color wheel when you build your deck, and it's kind of like a subtle hint to how you should build it. Oh, I want to play white-green, and they're like, well, look at the color wheel. It'll tell you basically how well these colors will work together. If it's an oppositional color... It's going to take a bit of tweaking to get that deck to work right. Easy breezy. But now I'm wondering, are we going to have to also rename the color wheel? Like, we're going to have green, we're going to have blue, we're going to have privilege, we're going to have BLM colors? Like, and, I'm oh, not, and, and then, and, of course, there's the, the unspoken sixth one, which is 
those without. Yeah, there, there's also void, you know, or, or colorless, which... Yeah, I mean, are we going to have to go... They, these cards are colorblind, all right? They don't see color. Well, which in and of itself <laughs> is racist. But they have their own symbol and require special mana now. It's still... Yeah, thank you, Phyrexia. No, not even Phyrexia. This came about because of Return to Zendikar. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they had to introduce something for the mechanic because the Eldrazi are colorless beings. Before, they were just ungodly costed, could pay any color form. Now they needed a special mana symbol in their own land. So now there are uh, 11 basics because you have the snow basics, which are all different distinctly because they're snow. Uh, then you have all the basics, the five uh, mountains, swamp, island, plains, forest. And now you have the wastes, which they only ever printed in that one set. But apparently now every artifact that says they create colorless creates these color sim uh, colorless symbols instead. Yeah, it's just... Are, uh, like, how far do, does a company have to bend? And it doesn't matter if it's just Watsy who has... Obviously, over the course of years, especially with the new D&D stuff that they're putting out. Elves some, of Eternal Genders. Elves of Eternal Genders. They're putting out other... And other companies are doing this. And two companies specifically haven't really done anything. And I think they're just kind of like shuttering their windows a little bit and waiting for the storm to pass. Uh, one of them... And it, it's, it's a, a decent game in its own right. The oddity of this one is about book three or book four in their set. And they've got a shit ton of world books and, and supplement books. But when they released Atlantis, which is probably like the most ANCAP place you could ever be, right? They, they only have like a couple of rules, like no open violence in the streets. You can't you know, just run in and start willy-nilly. You'll get shot down by the locals. Yeah, and number two, if... Uh, Actually, there's three rules. Number two is any sale, anything and everything that can be for sale is found in the market. Anything. It doesn't matter if it is a who, it, or what. You want to buy, it's for sale. Just got to find it. Just got to find it. And number three is the rule of fair trade. You have to have cash in hand. All sales are final. You buy the item. It is now yours. But there's no debt, so you can't you make payments over and over and over for something because most of the uh, vendor stalls there. It's know, a cash only business. It's a cash only business, basically. It's it's uh, the supernatural evil version of a farmer's market. You buy your turnips or your slaves or your weapons all in one visit and then go back to your farm. Get the hell out. And get the hell out. And. The, the point of this, though, is every book, this book started the tradition, and every book that has followed, no matter what place in the world it is, or even sometimes what place in space, because there are some links to space, every time they list a new species of creature, there is a price to buy slaves. Starting with this book, which had the price to buy uh, previous uh, previously printed creatures, Obviously, starting with humans, but elves, dwarves, humans, goblins, minotaurs, lizard folk, half-bird monster things. Every time there's a species listed, it has a price to buy that species. You want to buy a superhero? Bam, you can go buy one as a slave. 
So this company really hasn't come up in mass media, but holy shit, if somebody goes, hey, wait, what about this game company? They are fucked. So I'm thinking they're shuttering their doors. There's another really big game company that hasn't delved into that area specifically with their game books. But it's been radio silence from that camp, whereas Wizards of the Coast and... Paizo. Paizo. They are just straight up like rewriting their entire game from the ground up where it comes to classes, races, world lore, gods, divinities, magic spells. If there's a way to change it to make it more palatable for today's sensitive audience, they're doing it. You know what I love, though? Wizards of the Coast for Magic the Gathering has finally, finally, as far as I can tell, replaced Jace. Jace is no longer the face of Magic. Some little fucking white weeaboo is no longer the face of Magic now. It's Teferi. <laughs> you know, actually... I like that he's getting a set, and I like Teferi as a character, knowing some of his lore and the fucking rewrite they did on him is bullshit, but wait, whatever. Wait, 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 wait. They put a male character as their new face? See, I thought it would revert back to Chandra, but she's redhead and white, even though she's from a plane which is basically India. Um, they could have gone with um, Garuk, who is my favorite, but um, again, I guess he's white. It's hard to tell under all the dirt and fur. Dude, um, it's... Uh, uh, just just as a side note, just, just as a side note, because I am a fan of Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I watch a Bollywood movie, half of the people in it, easily, they're Indians... They speak the native language. They're, they come from family lines that have been in that country for time immemorial. You can't tell. Like, they're, they're characters. And one of my favorites uh, recently is Bahubali. And one of the, the characters is actually uh, super fucking awesome. But every time he speaks on screen, I'm like, Wait, oh, that's right. He's Indian. You can swear to Christ, he's from, like, northern Germany, maybe even Ireland. But no, he is 100% legit, straight up Indian. So Chandra can look as white as she wants because mm. half of them could probably like shapeshift and you'd never know it except for the accent. Yeah, and that's definitely a thing with it. That was just the biggest complaint people had about her when they revealed her home plane. Uh, and they could go with Liliana, but again, that's just propping up more white people apparently. Um, where, where's my Mexicans at? Like, where's those Hispanics? They tried to portray us one time as fucking vampires. Hey, we Mongols got our own set. Uh, yeah, block. You got your own block. We got our own block. Hey, I'm speaking as like 132 Mongolian here. I I, I might be able to get away with it. <laughs> I think you're about as Mongolian as fucking Elizabeth Warren is native. You know, Speaking of which, where's my Native American set? Again, yep. same set. They made uh, my Hispanic people and the fucking native share a set. What you the fuck? You know what? You're probably right. I probably am about as Mongolian as Elizabeth Warren is a fucking teepee creeper, but... <laughs> yeah. But no, here's here's the it's thing. It's in my blood. It's actually my DNA, though. There's proof. Yeah. I do have proof. I don't, like, have to go get a DNA test. I, I'd be like, just take a pint out of me, and there you go. There's all the proof you need. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just a thing with magic. In a game where you can be literally anything and everything, you can be an elephant person, you can be a fucking turtle guy or girl, you could be a fucking ethereal creature, whatever. And I like that they're, they've got more planeswalkers that are not just white people, it's cool, whatever. I would prefer more that aren't just fucking humans. I get people identify with humans, but 
let's expand out a bit. Another a Johnny would be greatly appreciated. Even a fucking replacement for Nico Bolas, a big bad guy. You know, I, you know? I will I will put this down on the record though, and it's not based on skin color. All right, I, I gotta lay that down because this is like those times where you gotta like fucking. Wear, wear a badge that says I am not, you know, this said label or whatever. But I fucking hate Tezzeret because that guy has monkeyed my decks over so many fucking times. I'll be playing against somebody, they'll drop Tezzeret on the table. I'm like, fuck, I lost. Game's not even over. They just dropped Tezzeret and I know the game is over. That guy has railroaded me so many fucking times. Well, yeah, it, well, it, the old Tezzeret, sure, not the new Tezzerets. They all sucked. But. It, it's just one of those things of like they have so many options, but still, all we're getting pumped out is human, 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 human. Come on! Hey, when I'm they a- brought Ugin, I was happy, and in fact, Ugin is returning in the new set, which I find kind of weird. Um, but you know, there's so many other options, but all we keep getting are fucking humans. You know, as as somebody who identifies as a goblin, and that's not by my choice. All right, but I've kind of had to wear it. I 100% agree. That Magic the Gathering is too human-centric. Yeah. It, Goblin representation now. I want to see Krinko as a planeswalker. You guys already have a uh, planeswalker, though. Okay, fine. Bring back Squee. They did. As a planeswalker. No. He's an immortal. As a planeswalker whose ultimate ability is to summon Squee's toy? Perhaps. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. It has a goblin. We but, need more goblin representation. Oh my god, and then we get into more stuff with Magic, how now they're trying all this different art stuff, and special frames, and... I mean, we passed around, and we've talked before about the new set, the comic book art. You guys have seen the card now in real life. It looks like shit. I'm still, like, regenerating my left eye after gouging it out. You know, it's It's just... It's a process. Yeah. And and it goes back to these secret layer things, where it's like, oh, well, we put out a secret layer that was like $100 that had like six cat cards and a couple of tokens, and they're all cutesy kitties cool that's cool as a one-off you do that like once a year cool people order it oh you've got a thing where um all the five color cards are in like fucking acid metal band cover fucking art cool that's awesome that's nice once a year please holiday boxes well they, they already tried this with time spiral and nobody liked the new uh layout of the cards i love those frames those were fun I liked the times. They were interesting, but they really did. They really stood out when played with my normal cards. And from what I've seen, and this goes back to when I was leaving uh, the hobby business itself, and you know, I just walked away from that because behind the scenes stuff. But as I was leaving, I noticed that every time we had a tournament, attendance was down more than the tournament before it. Sales were down. And when I was talking to people at Watsy, they were basically going, hey, how can we sell more stuff? How can we keep Magic alive? They were hemorrhaging members back then. And even at the very basics, like, you can't discriminate against somebody based on gender when they walk to your table. I'm like, where the fuck does this happen? If somebody sits down and wants to play cards, every player that came into our shop would say the exact same thing. Come at me. Or what you playing. Yeah, what you playing. Now, there is, at that same shop and others I've been to, some predatory nature where some people are like, oh, this new person's here, I'm going to completely wipe them out, show them how strong I am. Well, now those people are leaving the shop and never coming back. And there are some people that they 
do rage quit when the female player at the table beats the shit out of them, and it, it's kind of funny. But that's people with personal issues, and I'm sorry, but they perhaps need to see a professional and not so much, you know, take it out on the rest of the playgroup. But there is a thing where there are people who creep. There are creepers out there. There's plenty of fucking of those shop owners who became judges who are well of the, um... Uh, I really don't want to say it that way, but, uh... They follow the, um... Greek and Persian, uh, affinity. Yes, I understand where you're going with that. Yeah, um... But let's deal with those guys, not... Like, diversity will happen. People are just gonna be like, yo, I want a game. And sometimes you just need to leave a shop. Or not go to a place for a while. Or say, yeah, these people are toxic and leave. And those people do exist. Yeah, um, it's really weird, too. And the same has gone with uh, tabletop gaming for fucking decades. Since I first actually, like, went into a game shop and bought my first book. Nobody gave a fuck. They didn't care if you were fat, skinny, black, white, woman, male... Uh, they didn't care if you were a lizard with three horns growing out of your head and a giant fucking pustule cyst on the side of your neck. If you were there to game, you, you gamed. gamed. And we can tell because most gamers nowadays don't also care about your personal body odor issues. Really? I mean, Within I know limits. I'm a, Within limits. I'm a gassy motherfucker, but I have been to game stores and conventions where, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. You want to stand there with a fucking, you know... Snow, no, you want a fucking snowblower and fucking, uh... Yeah, because apparently now it's chips. offensive to tell somebody they need to take a shower. Their BO is too much or something. I don't know. But, you know, with magic, this... Uh, I, yeah, magic and Dungeons and Dragons and all this, it's kind of an unnecessary step that's being taken here because there has never been a hobby that I've ever encountered which is as inclusive as sitting down with a gaming book and having the GM tell you, be what you want to be within the rule set of this book. Male, female, a fucking creature yeah. from the moon that's head orbits its body. It doesn't matter. You can be whatever. Now, the only thing I'm seeing now where it's actually becoming, you know, segregated is it's okay to have women-only groups, but not to have men-only groups. And yeah, we've no discussed lie. this before. And it's in the online, if you do it at certain game stores... You know, and if you want to have a group and be like, oh, this is an invite-only game, fine, invite people. I usually try to include at least one female because it keeps most of the guys I game with regularly in line, and I find it hilarious. <laughs> um, I just like to have the uh, perspective. Yeah, that, that helps too, but... There's, there's different lines of thought. There, there's different lines of thought, and I've had gals come up to me when I'm running a game, even back in the day uh, at Great Escape Games, which this is back in, like, the late 90s. You know, I had these gals come up, and they'd be like, oh, I heard good things about your game. Can I play? I didn't give a fuck about what they looked like or who they were away from the character sheet. I'm like, yeah, do you have a character sheet? Do you have, do you have something already built up, or do you need help building something up? Are you familiar with the rules? The basic questions any GM would ask any other player who walks up. Yeah, it's like, you have shown interest. Now I will reciprocate that by going, okay, where are you already at, and what do we need to get you in? Exactly. The, yeah. That's a fundamental thing. It's just like, look, you're gaming. We're yeah. gaming. Let's, let's go. Now, the only thing where I can say you actually have to try and find specific people for things is just like what you did, Q. When you brought me into gaming, it was grab an FNG because their perspective will change the group. It well, can help. And and again, this is one of the weird parts. It's like, you know, our uh, podcast is, is 
in its own right is a strangely diverse group. Like um, I knew it was far more diverse in the beginning, but that it, was also before issues on the internal side. But it you was know, issues on still, the internal side, but still, even now, our our lineup four years later, we've still got you. You know the. Hispanic guy who mechanic. likes the Hispanic mechanic who actually does go out and do yard work for fun. For it's zen. Sake. It's relaxing. It's zen. Uh, we've got Captain Dutch Door to my other side here. Moniker is slow in the head, and he admits. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. He you, admi- you can you can say what it really is. He's Catholic. He's Catholic. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, I, so you're am right. I, but still. I, I was trying to soften the blow because I know he'll probably <laughs> listen to a few segments of this. Um, but he's slow in the head, and he'll admit it. And he, you know, sometimes he'll go, "Hey guys, you know, explain this differently or something." Right. I and am totally cool with that. I am like the most uh, stereotypically normal evil antagonist according to popular media right now. Not to mention being a mutt of several degrees. Being a mutt of goddamn many degrees. And also, for some <laughs> reason, as antisocial as you claim to be. As soon as you go to a convention or a party, you or people fucking come to you like fucking flies to fucking honey. Um, That's because it's a mode. You can turn that on, but most of the time it stays off because it yeah, drains look, the batteries yeah. so goddamn quick. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know that too yeah. because after con, I need like three weeks of fuck y'all. I'm just going to yeah. do my own thing. But <clears throat> you cannot tell me that people do not flock to him. And when he goes to a thing, he does turn it on, but he turns it on to like fucking 11. Q... May be the guy, but Goblin is the fucking legend. Well earned. Wow, holy shit. I just got praise? Yeah? I'm going to have to go out and like take a leak so I can get rid of that ego boost or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make with my long-winded story here, though, is we've got a, pretty, a fairly diverse group. The point of it, though, is when we sat down, we first started forming the BFG podcast... You know, it was a group of friends and everything, and you guys were in my game, and we started off because I told you straight up at the beginning of that game, I want you there for reasons, you know, that are not what you are. Okay, so like They're when how I how you portray yourself, th- or how you, how you bring portray- your character. It's to the life. content of your character, and when I invited you, mm-hmm. Hispanic mechanic over there, it was because you're the FNG, and I love having an FNG at my table because an FNG. Not only are they excited to be there, but they think so far outside the fucking rules while thinking inside the rules at the same time. You guys come up with the most off-the-wall shit that most jaded and experienced players don't do. Now, when was the last time you had anyone try and create holy water in a vampire campaign? On the fly. On the fly? Never. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Remember. That's why I. And we tried to code a fucking warehouse with this. You guys tried to code a fucking warehouse with this, and that's what I love about an FNG is they just come up with the most. It's like science, you know. Uh, They don't know what is and isn't possible, so like, well, why not try this? Exactly. You you don't you're not you're not shackled by the rules yet, for lack of better words. You you're not. Caged in, in your creativity. You're not caged you're like, in I've your tried creativity. tried this before and it didn't work. It yeah. hasn't. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. The the options are limitless for an FNG. It's glorious. It is. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And, <laughs> and, that, and, and, and that's, that's something I've taken is I like to curate because I only do invite games. I don't do general casting calls anymore because I don't hang out at the shop specifically anymore. But I go and I I meet people. I shake hands. I take my current players' advice. And I try to shop around for people who I think could, could take my game seriously enough, but still have fun. And I always try to have one FNG. 
The last FNG I picked up was the Moniker, and he had a bunch of fun with that game, and he has a super memorable character now. And now in the my next game iteration, I'm looking for another FNG for a Star Wars campaign, so I look for someone who has some general understanding of it. Well, old Star Wars, not the new shit, because, yeah, don't you love how they try to prop up Finn, but then when you see the foreign stuff, they shrink his uh, art down to, like, a quarter of the size. And I could go on a rant about him so hard right now. I don't think Oh, uh, dude, I feel my boner getting harder by the second. But anyways, <laughs> it, it's a thing where... Oh, uh, Jesus, I'm tearing my pants. Curation to a point is okay but not segregating yourself completely. Like, yes, you want to do a private game? Cool. Invite whoever you like. I just don't want to see people punished for trying to game with people they'd prefer to game with. Some people like to play with only veterans. Some people like to do it with only their friends they know. Some people like to do it with random strangers at conventions, and that's the most fun. But when you're trying to do a long-term campaign, curation is okay. I try to keep at least one female in the group because it I think it levels everything out. I try to keep one FNG because they bring new perspective and at least two people who are more familiar with the rules than I. That way, if I screw up as a GM, they can be like, hey, hey wait, I challenged that ruling. Let's get this fixed. And then it gets fixed and game continues. I, I, I don't curate in per se. I do like to invite at least one woman, if not two, to my tables. But typically that's because from a psychological point of view... And again, science, I know it has no bearing into in today's um, touchy-feely world, but from a scientific standpoint, the way women process information is different than men. And sometimes it's really fun to have somebody who thinks differently than you do at your game table, and when they come back with a reply or they want to do something in game, you're like, where the fuck is that logic coming from? And they explain it to you, and you're like... Fuck it, let's go. Fuck yeah, that's actually awesome. Let's do this shit. <laughs> you know, sometimes you want somebody who thinks so radically different from you at the table, but you can still be friends with when you're in or out of game. And, you know, why not? You know, I like to have an FNG. I don't always invite an FNG. Uh, I like to have veterans at my table, but at the same time, sometimes I really hate veterans. You know, it's like specifically the only people I really don't like having are rules lawyers and divas at my table. Because rules lawyers will sit there and try to argue for a rules call for an hour and a half and kill the game, and a diva tries to make it all about them while sacrificing every other player around the table. And I'm like, no, this is a, a group effort. This is about all of us coming together. I also have a problem with <clears throat> snowflakes who are like, I'm the most special thing ever, watch me special. And that gets really fucking old. And they are different from a diva in only the aspect of when they do get the light, they either melt because it doesn't work the way they think it does or they're just oh look at me i'm gonna go become batman because lol so random lol yeah and chaotic stupid is not in alignment yeah i i do not know where the modern interpretation for magic the gathering and their touchy-feely sensitivity rules are coming into play same with paizo same with wizards of the coast or any of the other big publishers because as a gm for over 25 years it is rare, almost like fighting a fucking unicorn, to find a GM who discriminates against gender or race or religion or any of this shit. Because most of us GMs, we see somebody with a character sheet who wants to play. We're like, let's get to know this fucker. We want to know yeah. the person first. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost strange to hear it expressed like that, but it, like, it's true as far as, you know, everyone I've met, Goblin, uh... 
Darth, Blasphemous, basically everyone that I've been present in the game of has been like, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's see what we can work into a story. Yeah, it's, it's like when um, a mutual friend of me and Blasphemous, I don't know if you've met him, uh, we will call him um, Halfway House, I guess. Um, Halfway House. Hold on, which one? We got like eight of those. Um, let's see. Um, Mr. Nerdstrom? Oh, oh, right, oh. right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know him. He is, um, he is currently uh, living with the Narciss. Oh, that poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he got he got put in charge of yard work because um, Narciss decided, even though he was saying for years he wanted a yard, he wanted to mow. He doesn't do it. He he doesn't want to do it now because he was forced to. It's because they interfered with his gaming and naps. Suppression. Um. No, but oh, the anyway, um, halfway house, Mister Nerdstrom. Uh, he was running a game a while back, and I attacked the shit out of that game because number one, he made the mistake of running a game with me in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, he's a brand new GM. And at some point in every GM's life, they are going to encounter that one player they just want to fucking punch. And I figured, happen. and I figured, why not get this shit out of the way early? So he's like, "Hey, you want to roll up a character?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going to ruin your life." I attacked him not based on his skin color, but on the fact that he's a brand new GM, and this is going to break him in early to deal with people who do this shit later down the line. Trial by fire! Exactly. I did a trial by fire. I jumped in. I was a complete dork. Intentionally, because if he can deal with me pulling this shit intentionally, he'll be able to be better prepared down later, down the line, if somebody's doing this shit unintentionally. So. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not based on the fact that Halfway House is darker skin tone to me and has curlier hair. It's on the fact that he's a friend of mine and I want to fuck with him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Him. Simple and basic, straight to the point. Yeah, right. and that—that's definitely just a thing with it. Is when you really get to know people, because that's how you create a bunch of friendships. Like, if I—if you wouldn't have introduced John into our gaming group and all that stuff, I don't think I ever really would have got to know him otherwise. Now I'm gaming with him twice a week. Was during the whole time during Rona, um, but. You meet you meet so many people and you make so many new friendships. Like there are people when we go to Radcon, I met them four or five years ago, and now we're fucking you know talking over online or sharing gaming tips while we're at convention. You know it, it's so great to actually meet people that way, and it's it's refreshing to just okay we have a common interest in this game, let's just get to it. And there's no like oh well that person oh. They uh they they got blonde hair. I don't like playing with blondes because you know dumb blonde joke insert here. Uh, there I haven't really seen that. The only time I've seen anything is when it comes from the uh, multiple hair color people, and they're like, oh yeah, well you know I really only want these people in my game, and if you can't deal with this, then fuck off. Well, as um, some people would say, uh, usually the one shouting the loudest is the most guilty. Yep. Um, just, just saying. Um, and since you, uh, brought up the topic of blonde jokes, I would like to tell one now. Even though it's off-topic from gaming, I just think we need a moment of levity here. What do you call a blonde on the moon? Dead. You got, you got a guess over there, Kazakhan? Airheaded? An astronaut. 
<laughs> there, there you go. Blonde Joe from Goblin. Bam! <laughs> Spicy salsa hot. Mm. It's like force-feeding habanero peppers into my urethra. Spicy hot. Mm, I love it. No, it's just... I, I, I know we have come... This episode, we were going to talk about something way different, but I guess this is something we need to get off our chest considering current events again well it, it goes beyond that because it wizards of the coast deals both in D and magic the gathering and with them banning these cards due to current events it brings up a whole bunch of other issues that are related because now what are they going to do are they going to start because uh, remember they they do all their stuff like two years in advance because you have to get shit printed it has to go through testing so does that mean two years from now we're going to see a whole bunch of you know sets based on African cultures, which I think would be cool, but you know they're going to pander hard. And pandering is not the way to accomplish anything, really. I mean, when you're looking for equity and equality and anything of that sort, you know, if you're, if you're looking at trying to balance the teeter-totter, pandering to one side over the other, really, it, it just, all it does is tilt the teeter-totter. Yeah, it just changes which end is being lifted. Yeah, it just changes who's being uplifted. You, know? you got like six of them, so all of a sudden you've got this weird flower thing doing this Mobius bullshit. Um. Oh yeah, I've been on those at the fair. There's a weird tilt wheel yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those stuff are, like that. Those are fun. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm, just not a good business. I'm idea. I'm on a tilt wheel right now in the uh, gaming landscape, and um, actually. Uh, speaking about pandering and gaming companies fucking up, I know we've gone over this before, but it needs to be reiterated because yet another person has their name on the list of discredited yet again. What for this time? All right, one of our favorite <laughs> games because sometimes, you know, like a train wreck, you just have to look at it and watch the, and, and, and watch the train just crash. Sometimes, you know, it's a horrible thing and you're just like... Uh, do I help or is this so horrible I'm shocked and, and I can't move kind of stuff you know sometimes you know car accident happens and you just like stand there and watch it in slow motion after it's happened kind of stuff well yet again one of our favorite games which is essentially a car wreck that had a crack baby in the back alley with a train wreck and left the child in a dumpster to raise itself on a steady diet of methamphetamines and alcohol Woo! what about EA no, no, this is an EA. <laughs> um, I, I'm talking about um, Cards Against Humanity. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Cards Against Humanity has already got one name thumbtacked to the wall of discredited because Zoe's Quinn name is attached to it. Apparently, you know, she was one of the you know, people that they were talking to during the development cycle of the game initially. And she got her cash kickback and all that stuff. So, yeah, she got money out of the deal. Well, her good friend and buddy and, and comrade in arms, young Miss Sarkeesian, also was invi uh, involved with Cards Against Humanity early on. Oh, boy. Which completely goes against the grain of the narrative of her whole video games are evil stuff because here she is in a publication for one of the most offensive games published in our modern times Inten uh -huh. intentionally so. In well, intentionally so because sometimes you know you gotta laugh at something when bad shit happens sometimes you just there's no other choice mm -hmm. but to laugh laughter is the best medicine as they say and what way can you laugh by 
other than in a more safe way than by playing a card game and just like looking at the card combination being like god that's horrible Let's it's so it. horrible it has to be funny right right it's part of comedy is laughing at the, the bad shit in life and to get help get over it well Sarkeesian's name is attached to Cards Against Humanity and she has built her career on wagging her finger at people and telling them they're bad for being involved in stuff just like what she's participated in. The development cycle of intentionally racist, sexist, hum, homoerotic games or whatever the fuck. All so, those big uh, fucking whistle words, you know? All the big whistle words. Her name is attached to a game that includes all of them. And she was in several ways. In several ways, and she was not railing against it, but supporting it. So she has lost even more credibility amongst people who pay attention to this shit. Shock of shock. Sh- shocking. It's electric. It's electric. Last of Us Two is still a fucking dumpster fire. EA is still under fire. Activision is still under fire. Bethesda has not fucked up in four days. <laughs> New record. New record. Congratulations, Bethesda. You're doing well. Four days. Let's make it five. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> now there's something. It just hasn't been published yet. The, the gaming sphere is just lit. Everybody is pissed about something and... All the kerosene! We need more! Exactly. (laughs) I am beginning to think one of the last good games to be put out with Skyrim and everything down after that in 2011 is just downhill. Well, that is the last time there was actual innovation in gaming. Uh, Skyrim wasn't very innovative, but it's... But it's from the era where there was. It's from the era where it was, and it's a very fucking beautiful game. And even now, here I am almost like... Almost a fucking decade later, playing the same goddamn game, still finding shit in the world play space that I've never encountered before. Like, uh, it was about a year and a half ago. Your fairy circle? Yeah. Like, what the. Nah! <laughs> I'm playing in a game environment that has the same square mileage as, like, I don't know, the southern tip of Ireland. And yet, I walk That's past. That's a lot of potatoes. It's a lot of potatoes, but. For some reason, it took me almost seven years to find the fairy circle. It's beautiful. Not very innovative, but every game that's come out since then has been either preachy or shoddily made or too quickly made. Hype trained to shit. It's because they got some fucking bean counters up there who are like, well, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be able to cut costs and make more profit. They basically got the fucking underwear gnomes who are like, Gather underwear. Step two. Step three, profit. <laughs> that's that's all we fucking got. These bean counters are everywhere. I want to know what school these bean counters have been coming out of and fucking shit on their lawn or something. Yeah, can we stop having games designed by people with liberal arts degrees? And just start, you know, getting people who want to make games again? Yeah, and that's the thing. You've got all these people who are trying to do independent game creation. And Steam's fucking full of them. And some of them, yeah, they're nice, they're cool, they could use a little refinement maybe if they were able to get that extra bucks or something. But then you've also got guys like fucking uh, Zero Punctuation's Yancey, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna design 12 fucking, you know, games in 12 months, and he fucking succeeded at it. You can watch his fucking dev diaries, we're not sponsored, but it's a really great thing if you see, he's just going for novel concepts, and there are people who are trying to actually do this and create good games, even if they are fucking 
32-bit or whatever, the pre-Polygon era style, because that's in vogue right now. And you see people actually working hard to design these things and try and make them work. But all you ever see is the same schlock for the last fucking decade. Where it's like, oh, like, the, the biggest thing for innovation I've seen has been the fucking Switch. Which, after the fucking, uh, Wii U, oh god. Wii U, Wii U. But that's getting into next week's topic, where we will be talking about gaming consoles and gaming. Oh, we're gonna get on the consoles. Awesome sauce. Yes, oh. because, oh my god, it looks fucking horrendous, but I want one. Okay, well, this has been our one-hour rant over the horror of the last couple of weeks in gaming and stuff, I guess. I mean, this is just... I guess this episode is mostly us just venting, me and, and Blasphemous for the most part, yeah, and you cheering us on. Thank you for cheerleader, uh, French-Canadian. <laughs> I know we trashed the shit out of your country and you stuck with us. That is awesome. <laughs> you have passed the uh, trial by fire. You kidding me? That's every fucking week. Now, if we can just get you to burn an effigy of Trudeau, you'll totally be one of us. Hold on. Burn an effigy of Trudeau in blackface. Effigy? Uh, okay. Uh, what, what's the uh, what's the other thing when things are kind of, you know, not exactly? What's your favorite word again? I believe it was specifically. No, no, no. The other anecdotal. one. Anecdotal. What? You have trouble with the word anecdotal. No, I don't. <laughs> Say okay. it. Okay. I literally heard him say Anik Yodel one time. I am Serpentor, master of Cobra. Fuck you. <laughs> I thought I'm you cobra were Goblin. Commander. <laughs> you know what? This has been a production of the Blunt Force Gamers. We'll see you next week. Check out um, our uh, podcast on the site that you're listening to this podcast on because we got four years worth of episodes of this stuff and most of them are actually more entertaining yeah um, it's been a bit of an off couple weeks it's been an off couple of weeks too much crazy chaos outside uh this is game goblin going back to my cave peace out kazakam back to the skies
The word is anecdotal. 